بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على سيدنا ونبينا أبي القاسم المصطفى محمد وآله الطيبين الطاهرين نصيب وبقية الله في الأرضين أجل الله تعالى فرجه الشريف اللهم أخرجني من ظلمات الوهد وأكرمني بنور الفهد اللهم افتح علينا أبواب رحمتك وانشر علينا خزائن علومك برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين The last session we said inshallah we will study hadith of Qurb al-Nawafil and then we continue with the rest of unit 7 this hadith is a very famous hadith and maybe we can not find any book on Islamic spirituality unless mentions this hadith. Uh, this is a hadith of Qudsi, a divine saying. So it's not part of the Quran, it's not part of the prophetic revelation, but it is still said by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the Prophet conveyed to us. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, my servants would not get nearer to me by something which is dearer to me than performing their obligatory acts so faraid obligatory acts are the most important things Salam. and there is no way for us to hope to get nearer to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala if we fail to perform our duties whether it be all of them or some of them this is not possible then hadith says, وَلَا يَذَالْ يَتَقَرَّبُ إِلَيَّ عَبْدِي بِالنَّوَافِلِ After my servant makes sure that he has performed his or her wajibat, then he keeps coming nearer to me by performing nawafil, which means recommended acts, things which are not wajib, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala expects us to do it out of love for him and indeed out of our interest in our own perfection. La yazad yataqarrabu ilayya abdi bin nawafil hatta uhibbah till I love him. Of course Allah loves everyone but this means I love him without reservation. There are people that Allah loves them but doesn't love their actions. Allah loves them but doesn't love their attributes, their qualities, their characteristics, their habits, all of them or some of them. But these are the people that Allah loves them without reservation. They are mahbub, they are beloved. حَتَّى 
kuntu sama'ahu alladhi yasma'u bih when i love him i become his ear by which he listens i become his eyes by which he looks i become his hands by which he holds i become his tongue by which he speaks in da'ani ajabtuhu wa in sa'alani a'taytuhu whenever he calls me i respond and whenever he asks me for something i will grant him so this hadith is in my understanding very much confirming what we understood from those two verses about muqarrabin as you remember we said muqarrabun are those people that can have access their requests are granted they can do intercession they are loved they would not be given based on what they have performed they would be given as gift what they need what they like even more so this hadith i think explains how we start with wajibat then we get closer and closer by mustahabbat by nawafil hatta uhabbah this is a turning point when we reach certain level of development then we become muqarrab before that we are mutaqarrab we are getting nearer we are seeking nearness but after that we become muqarrab when someone is muqarrab then allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would do for him and her everything to the extent that he says i become his ear normally a king if has someone who is very close to him and loves him a lot he would not say i am his ear or i am his eye he says he is my eye he is my ear he is my hand he is my right hand and this would be a great source of honor for that person that king says he is the right hand of the king he is the ear of the king the eye of the king but allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is so loyal so grateful that he says i become his hand i become his eye i become his tongue and you can imagine if allah is someone's hand what that hand can do if allah is someone's tongue what that tongue can do then no longer would be a human being with all limitations that human beings have you see a human being but it's allah who is using him and doing something beyond the capacity of that person so this is the beautiful hadith of qurb nawafil and if you are reflecting on it i think you can find many good points and practical points inshallah in this now if we want to summarize what we need to do in order to get first into the level of 
those who are seeking nearness, they are mutaqarrab, and then get into the level of muqarrabun, those who have been brought nearer, who are already achieved <coughs> great sense of nearness. So if you want to summarize what we have to do, we can say in two levels. First, very, very brief, and just the core of it is Ubudiyya, is servitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As you know, in Surah Yasin, we have these two verses, verses 60 and 61. Alam a'ad ilaykum ya bani adam, Allah ta'budu shaytan, innahu lakum aduvum mubeen, wa an'abuduni. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reminds us of a covenant that is between us and him. And that is not to serve Satan, because Satan is our enemy. You know, it is true that Satan is also enemy of God, but his enmity with God is because of human beings. So he's our enemy, and because of that, he's an enemy of God. It's not the other way around. So, When I'm telling you not to worship or serve Satan, it's because he is your enemy. Who is an enemy? What is the definition of enemy? The one who tries to harm you is the enemy. He may not want to kill you or destroy you. It depends on the level of enmity. But at least he wants to harm you. He doesn't wish you good. He wishes you bad. This is the enemy. And shaitan is a clear enemy because he has the intention and determination, even he has made vow, that I'm going to certainly deceive them. So he wants to do everything possible to make sure that human beings are deceived and go astray. And serve me. Do not serve shaitan. Serve me. This is the right path. So if you want to summarize everything in one sentence, the right path is to serve God, which is the absolute truth, the absolute beauty, the absolute power, the absolute love, the absolute mercy and not to serve Satan, which wants to harm you and represents darkness and deceit and hatred and enmity. So either you have to go to this direction or that direction. So this is the general thing, that we go to the direction 
that takes us closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Sirat al-Mustaqeem is the path that without deviation, without any, you know, bending, goes straight towards the perfection, towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But if you want to now have a more detailed explanation of what does it mean to serve Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then we can mention a few things. One is that we should have proper aqidah. Aqidah, your doctrines, your beliefs are very, very important. You know, for human beings, unlike what some people think, actions are not the most important thing. Although actions are very important, but actions actually originate from something greater. You know, we are not like just some robots. You know, some robots, mach machines, you know, what they perform, there might not be anything beyond. Now, there's not a good heart or bad heart, good intention <coughs> or bad intention. That's just what they do, the action. But human beings, although their actions are very important, but there is a great world inside. And if you can get access to that world, you can understand these actions. Even sometimes a very good action can be, in reality, a bad action. Imagine if a person is taking care of all the poor people and needy people. The action by itself is good, but you cannot say this action is really done in a moral way unless you know the intention of the person who is doing this. Maybe he's doing just a riyah to show off. Okay? So if you want to understand even the actions you have to go beyond. And if you want to understand a person and judge about a person, don't look just at his actions. You have to go beyond. You know, we have this hadith that Do not just look at the way a person performs ruku and sujood and say if his ruku and sujood are long he is taking his time in ruku and sujood and is patient then he must be a very good person because he has taken his ibadah seriously this is not enough yes this can be a sign but it's not a proof maybe this is something that he has been used to it Maybe this is something that has become a habit for him. Look at his honesty and trustworthiness. If you want to test someone. A few years ago, Alhamdulillah, I had a series, Indicators of Piety. It's available online if you want to study this subject. What are the indicators of piety? Actions are not good indicators. Yes, as signs, okay, but not proof. You should go beyond. Anyway, when you go beyond the actions, you are dealing with a human being, which is very complex. 
Quran says, Qul kullun ya'malu ala shakilatih. Every person acts according to his own shakila. What is shakila? You know, some people have said skim, you know, like character. Means every person is built up by certain things. And then actions come out of that character. In Farsi, we say, as kuze borun taravad anche darust. If you have a clay jar, you know, kuze, jar from clay. So normally, water comes out of this clay, and that makes it actually cool, because then it evaporates and becomes cool. So if you put salty water inside, then you can see that salt comes around the clay outside. If you put you no know, sweet water and perhaps you know syrup then sugar comes out or at least you know just fresh water comes out anything which is inside comes out it's impossible that you put for example sweet water inside then salty water comes out or salty water and you know sweet cup whatever is inside it comes out but maybe not in the first action or second action that you see. You know, sometimes people have hidden bad qualities. And when you meet them once or twice, you only see good things. Because these good things are coming from the surface. But inside, there are hidden problems. If you take your time, spend more time with them, especially if they go, for example, to challenging situations. If you travel to them, uh, travel with them to difficult places, you know, things happen, you know, there is delay, there is disorder, it's very hard, you know, things become unorganized, they lose their passport, I don't know, they become ill, then you see what is hidden reality. This person who was always smiling and kind, you see, becomes a brutal person. Or a very selfish person. Because many times our actions can originate just from the surface. But you have to go deeper. Uh, I gave a lecture a few weeks ago about how to delve into your inner self. And it's online, you can listen to it. In any case, what we need to do is to make sure that that inner self is good. Our inner self is made by our beliefs, our aqaid. Aqaid are absolutely important. Aqaid are not just some theories that 
you have to learn, you know, to pass the exam. Your aqaid make you what you are. Very important. The way you understand yourself, the way you understand Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, your relation with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the way you understand Allah's lordship, makes you, builds you. If you have not understood something in aqaid properly, it destroys you. Even if your body looks okay, but your inner reality is destroyed. When you misunderstand your aqaid or you understand it, you know, little. So, aqaid is very important. Then, qualities. Qualities are very important. Are you a selfish person? or not. This is very important. This can affect your actions. A selfish person, even when he does something good by accident or by chance, there is not that much barakah, that much blessing in what he does. But if a person is selfless and does something, the same thing, its impact is much greater. Are you generous or not? Are you kind or not? Are you honest or not? Are you trustworthy or not? Are you uh, fearful or not? Are you hopeful or not? Are you optimistic or pessimistic? All these things make you. So, the second thing is qualities. Then, actions. Actions are important. But actions are perhaps the last thing. Of course, for us, it's the first thing because it takes less time and it's the fastest thing that you can do. So it takes you maybe years to sort out your qualities. It may take you months to learn all your aqaid properly. First, you have to quickly make sure that you do all your wajibat and your, you know, duties, and you avoid haram. So this comes very fast, very urgent, but the long-term impact is not by actions only. It's actions plus qualities plus aqaid. When it comes to actions, Quran uses a term, introduces a notion, which is not only about action, but certainly a great part of it is about action, and that is taqwa. Taqwa, some people translate it as God-fearing, as piety. Taqwa comes from the root waqaya. Waqayaqi means to keep, to save, to protect. Taqwa means to protect yourself against wrath and anger of Allah subhanahu wa against committing sins. Ittaqullah means you should have that level of 
God-wariness and God-fearing that you would observe his will and do not disobey him. We have a hadith which says, Taqwa is to be present wherever Allah wants you to be present and to be absent wherever Allah wants you to be absent. So, a muttaqi is the one who has proper aqidah, proper qualities, as you find in the hadith of Amir al-Mu'mineen in Khutbiyya Muttaqeen, the sermon of Muttaqeen, the pious, you find characteristics of Muttaqeen. But for sure, a Muttaqi is very careful about his actions also, about what he does or what he doesn't do, what he says or he, what he doesn't say, where he goes, where he doesn't go, people that he meets or doesn't meet. Muttaqi is very careful about his actions because he knows that every action of human beings are important. You know, unfortunately, we many times underestimate our own actions. You know, we think, I'm not an important person. Uh, I don't need to bother about what I say or what I do. If I was a king or a president or prime minister, then I was more careful with my words, with what I do, with the way I dress, you know, because they are watched by millions of people and, you know, whatever they do, you know, even sometimes if a president or a prime minister is not careful in what he says, even one sentence can affect the lives of people, can cause tension between two countries. So they have to be very careful. And we think we don't need to be that careful. But indeed, every person is very important. And whatever we do, whatever we say is very important. Don't underestimate yourself. Sometimes one word that you say to a person can change his life or her life. In a good way or bad way. Sometimes you are just sitting with someone for a few minutes. And you can inspire that person or you can make that person you know, lose his hope. Or you can give him bad idea, bad, you know, I don't know, guidance, bad mashwara, bad consultation. Or you just, you know, you may make the person, you know, energized, empowered. Actions and words are very important. We should never underestimate any action, any word. You don't know, you know, maybe today you said, I'm going to go to the Jose for my studies, and this is another Saturday. And it's good that I go there, but just ordinary. But never, you never know, maybe this one is going to be very exceptional. Maybe this is the one who is going to change your life. Never underestimate anything in your life. There is a hadith which says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has hidden his pleasure in good actions. In the sense that there is one good action that if you do it, Allah is pleased with you. Okay? You don't know which one is that. Never underestimate any good action because this one may indeed be that one that guarantees for you pleasure of God.
It can be something simple. Just you see someone is thirsty, and you go and bring, for example, water for him. You see someone is sad, and you try to speak with him or her and make him feel happy and, you know, help him. You don't know. It doesn't need to be, you know, making a building or, you know, building a masjid. It can be anything. Actually, it can be something that you underestimate. Because those things that you think are great, there is a chance that they are not great in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know? Maybe, for example, I am going to give a lecture for 100 people. And I think it's very important because 100 people, you know, I can give them a lecture. But there is a child crying outside masjid looking for his father or mother. And maybe if I help that child, is more important than going there. Who knows, you know. So we have to be not underestimating any opportunity. So Hadith says, there is pleasure of Allah which is hidden in good actions. Never underestimate any good action. That might be the one that guarantees. And the anger or sahat, wrath of Allah, is also hidden in sins. Some sins you do and you repent and inshallah you'll be forgiven. But there is a sin that if you do it, the anger would be fixed on you. And you don't know which one is that one. So never underestimate any sin. Never say, this sin is also going to be forgiven. This sin is also going to be uh, pardoned. No, who says this? Maybe actually all your previous sins were forgiven, but this one is not going to be forgiven. So never underestimate any sin. So, a muttaqi, a pious person, is very careful about his actions and does his best in any moment. You know, we have to be always alert. You don't need to be alert only eight hours, you know, when you are in your office or, you know, your workplace. A muttaqi has to be alert all the time. Because anytime there can be something big waiting for us, a great opportunity that you may miss, or a great catastrophe that can happen if you are not. Imagine if you are a taxi driver, how much you have to be alert. As long as you are driving, you have to be <coughs> alert. You cannot say, you know, I have already been driving, you know, two hours. And I am tired, so the next of my driving, I'm going to be not alert. No. You have to be always alert. As long as we are alive, we have to be alert. Because when you are not alert, that's the best time for shaitan to attack you. إِنَّ الَّذِينَ اتَّقَوْا إِذَا مَسَّهُمْ طَائِفٌ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ تَذَكَّرُوا Those who are pious... When a group of Satans go around, touch them, they become alert. It shows that there are Satans who go around to find who is not alert to attack them. You know, like, for example, if you go to the uh, market or a busy road, 
there might be robbers. And they are just looking around to see who is not alert so that they can rob him. So there are Satans who go around to find who is not alert and they would attack. But the pious people are quickly able to understand. They remember and they would be able to see. So even if for a second they were not alert, as soon as a satanic touch comes, they become alert. Because they distinguish between what is satanic and what is not. So they quickly become alert. So we have to be careful about our actions, all our actions. We have to be alert. And then among the actions, we may have actions of body, physical actions, actions by organs. And we may have actions of heart. Like for example, remembrance. To remember God is an action of heart. To, for example, think and contemplate is an action of heart. It can be also actions of body, as I said, like you go to a certain place, you give alms, you fast, you pray. Of course, normally any action of the body has to also be originating from the heart, but sometimes actions only remain in the level of the heart and they don't come to the body, like thinking, like remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and uh, contemplation. There is a hadith here from Imam Sadiq about Iman. What is Iman? What is faith? This has been a very important issue in Islamic science of Kalam, theology. One of the early questions that happened in the first and second centuries of Islam was how to define Iman. Who is Mu'min? And one of the things that were very problematic for them was Murtachabul Kabira, the one who commits a major sin. They wanted to see whether they are still Mu'min or not. You know, Khawarij had the idea that as soon as a person commits a major sin, he loses Iman, he is Kafir. Murtakebul Kabir. Mu'tazila had the idea that the one who commits a major sin is neither Kafir nor Mu'min, something in between. Manzilatun bainal manzilatayn. We believe that Murtakebul Kabira can still be Mu'min unless he keeps committing major sins and then it may reach the state that he loses his Iman. So, When people keep rejecting communications from God, then finally, they may lose their faith. When people do bad actions, then they 
try to defend and justify themselves by denying Allah's communications and then they totally lose their Iman. So, the end, the fate of those who do bad things is they deny and they make mockery of Ayatollah. So, Iman is not destroyed or does not disappear by committing one major sin, but it's affected, is harmed. And this harm can reach the point that Iman is killed, is destroyed. Imam Sadiq said, Iman has three aspects. Declaration by tongue. Acting by organs. And affirming by your heart. So first, you should affirm, you should confirm the articles of faith in your heart. You have to believe in what you say. You know, if you say God is our creator, you have to believe it in. You have to accept it in your heart. Then you would say it, bless it. Unless the situation is stopping you. You know, there may be times that you have to hide your iman. Yeah, but normally you should be expressing so that you would receive recognition of the community of the faithful. You declare, but also it would not stop on the tongue. It should be something that affects your actions. So you do some actions. So heart, tongue, and actions, organs, like. You believe that God is the, uh, is the creator and Prophet Muhammad is messenger. Then you say shahadatain and then you pray, you fast, you give alms. All these in a uh, normal condition, they should come together. But it's possible that a person never gets chance to act. Imagine if a person embraces Iman at 10 o'clock and at 11 o'clock, you know, he dies. Maybe he has not yet done any salat, any fasting, any hajj, but he was committed to do them, thus he didn't get chance. Still, he is mu'min because he was happy and looking forward to doing that. Or maybe a person embraces Iman, but before he finds anyone to say, he passes away. Allah knows this. So, this is why I say in normal conditions, when there are no obstacles, Iman would be seen in three places. Heart, tongue, and actions of body, organs. Okay, this is about this discussion. Then there is a beautiful discussion for your further study about al-hayat al-tayyibah, pleasant life. This by itself is a great discussion and you can uh, read this part and if you are interested, you know, follow it up in other books and we have also had some lectures about this. 
Al-Hayatu Tayyibah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Nahl, chapter 16, verse 97, says, A'udhu billahi minash shaytanir rajeem, man amila salihan min dhakarin aw untha wa huwa mu'min, falanuhyiyannahu hayatan tayyibah. Those who do righteous deeds, whether it be men or women, and they have Iman. So righteous deeds plus Iman, we would certainly give them Hayat Tayyibah, a pleasant life, a goodly life. And we would reward them according to the best of what they have been doing. Allah in Al-Mizan says, This is a new life on top of the physical life that we have, on top of the worldly life that we have. It's not that. It's just the same life that everyone experiences with some improvement. No, it's a new life. So many people, with respect to this life, they are dead. With respect to this life, they have common life, they have worthy life, but they have not experienced Hayat Tayyibah. That is why in the Quran sometimes Allah talks about death and life, but not in the physical sense. For example, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Awaman kana maytan fa wa lahu nuran yamshi bihi kaman laysa Is the one who was dead. And then we gave him life and light by which he walks in darkness. Is he like the one who has not have this, you know, has not had this light and is not coming out of darkness? So there are people who are given this second life, and there are people who have not been given this life. If this life comes, you would have extra light. You would have tranquility. You would have wisdom. You would have no stress. There are many qualities for those people who have Hayat Tayyibah. And in the volume on life, in the series, Islamic reference series, you know, part five, which is about life, we have a paper about Hayat Tayyibah, spiritual life, you can follow it up. So, this is an invitation that Allah has sent us through the Prophet to receive a new life. Quran says, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu stajibu lillahi wa lirrasul idha da'akum lima yuhyikum. O believers, respond to the Prophet, to Allah and the Messenger, when he calls you to what revives you, gives you life. If we experience that second and new life, then 
you would never want to lose it. That affects your understanding, that affects your willpower, that affects your functions, and you would be a totally new person. May Allah, inshallah, let us experience that and have it, inshallah. Okay, I stop here. Inshallah, next session, we have to talk about society and how Islam offers happiness and salvation to human society. وآخر دعوانا أن الحمد لله رب العالمين. Oh.